everyone out there, it's time for some Movie Mastery Hortoberfest Edition. I'm John, and with me as always is Jeff. Hello, everybody. We're normally watching the movies that you recommend to us, but right now, uh, it's it's October, so it's my month and I get to do whatever I want. <laughs> How is it your month? I guess you just, It's you, you, my you, month. You just said it's your Okay, that's fair. Yeah. This is supposed to be the October of George. <laughs> I'm going to say, you've got a real strong challenger for the crown over here. My daughter literally sleeps with a plastic skeleton right now. <laughs> like a spirit Halloween superstore dangle this from your hallway skeleton that she's she calls Mr. Skeckleton. And she, she takes it to bed in the bath and everything. Oh, Mr. Skeckleton. Uh, yeah, it's, she is, uh, she also owns 21 pumpkins right now, which she affect ah! affectionately refers to as her patch, and she spends as much time as possible out there just sort of moving them around. Well, yeah, because that's what gardening is, is mm -hmm. you move plants around. Yeah, gardening is just owning a bunch of already cut pumpkins, several of which have foam stickers all over them, and then just sort of picking them up and moving them, or pointing to the one you need moved if it is too heavy. <laughs> yes. That is correct. Mm -hmm. That's the secret of gardening. Yeah, it only works if you've got a dad around. Otherwise, you know, you're going to point to the pumpkin and no one's going to move it. I guess it still works in some regards. Yeah, in some regards. But hey, we watched a movie. We certainly did. We watched Dead Con because uh, starting a new theme week for the horror movies that I am watching all month and doing Tech Week. So... Horror movies that have to do with uh, technology and our use of them. And yeah. this is uh, very much just someone uh, decided to turn the actual con, VidCon, into a horror film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I Honestly, I was wondering if your theme week was going to be movies called DeadCon, because I actually found a bunch of them, and I'm hoping I watched the right one. Ah. Because there's also a 20, I think there's a 2014 one and a 2016 Dead Con. Uh, two of them have the same name. This is, we watched the one with no space in the middle. Is that right? Yes. Okay, good. The other two both have a space in the middle. Yeah, that's how you know uh, this is the good one. Uh, okay, I would hate to see the other ones then. <laughs> I would also hate to see the other ones. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, it's rare that I see a movie with you in October that I don't just completely despise. This is not the worst thing in the world. There's some elements to this that I actually kind of enjoy. Yeah, I mean, normally the things I pick for us to watch during October are pretty bad. And it's not even on purpose. At least I hope it isn't. It's just that you've got a, an interesting bad luck streak with every time you pick me in a movie, it's like, I've been wanting to watch this forever. Oh, no, I didn't realize its budget was that it owed someone $13 and a pack of Marlboros. Uh, I mean, most of the time, yeah. Sometimes I do pick out some just absolute garbage. Just, you know, it's fun. Uh, I hate you so much. I know, it's great. Keep making me... And, and it's funny because it's only building my reinforced dislike of horror movies, and I haven't seen any of the good ones. I don't know, I haven't seen Videodrome, I, know. I, I haven't seen Scanners, <laughs> but I have seen Deadcon. Hell yeah. Now, uh, Deadcon basically is haunted YouTubers, just social media influencers yeah. that get <laughs> ganked. Yeah, it's just... Uh, Spookums happen to people who have the the very specific job of being YouTube vloggers. Yeah, and 
I'll say this, you know, before we get into the full spoiler thing, uh, it does have a very good grasp on that culture and presentation and everything. Like, it doesn't... This isn't a movie that feels like it was made by a 60-year-old executive who was like, I heard the kids like the YouTubes. I was going to say, there the things about this movie, that one of the things I did appreciate is that the uh, the VTubers kind of feel realistic. Like, they know the audience that's interested in them, which is, you know, 14 to 15-year-old kids. Uh, they, they know the basic lifestyle. They, it's a lot closer to reality in terms of the way the VTubers are portrayed than I was expecting. Oh, yeah. So... I think it does a good job with that. It's definitely, that's probably the one good strength it has. And then a lot of the rest of it is kind of baffling and bad. Well, yeah, eventually you're going to run into the lack of a budget and the bad writing and everything. But there are certain things that kind of ring out true in this movie, and it's nice to call them out. Yeah. I mean, especially when I'm doing one of these horror movies with you, I like to at least call out something the movie did right. Oh, because you think I won't? Oh, no, I'm on board for this one a little bit. There there are a few things that I, I'm going to call out as very good. Fabulous. Mm -hmm. uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and get into the full spoiler review because there's some stuff that are spoilery that I really want to talk about in here. And uh, we're going to play a little bit of music, and then we will come right back with the full in-depth review of Dead Con. We're back! Time to start talking about Dead Con! Hell yeah, brother. I cannot wait to tell you all about this movie that you also saw. I know. Mostly, <laughs> I I want to discuss if you had the same issues with this movie that I did. Uh, I'll give you the number one issue I have with this movie, and you can tell me whether or not that's it. Okay, and great. You're probably just going to tell me I'm wrong, because you usually have much more of a grasp of, of horror thematics than I do. But my biggest problem with this movie was that it felt like the writers tried to come up with some sort of connection between the haunting villain and the main characters in the form of they're connected to the internet in some way, but it didn't play at all. It, it just, it, it felt- That is yeah. definitely the thing that annoyed me the most. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear it, especially because we actually didn't script that or anything. No. So the beginning of this movie uh, starts with a guy at TechCon in 1984, mm -hmm. and he has essentially a super proto version of like a chat room, yeah. basically. Yeah, but, but I mean, even in 94, that kind of thing was, or 84. That, 84. 84, that thing was rare, but not impossible. Basically, he's got like a BBS and it's called Link Rabbit. Yeah, and he's like, okay, this is sort of, I understand what they were going for. They're like, oh, this is going to be like the er social media type thing where it's like, oh yeah, you can have multiple users join at the same time and like, talk in real time in a chat format like okay sure i get it and when that happened i was like oh okay that's gonna be the the connection like this guy ends up talking like the project gets shut down but then a ghost named bobby mm -hmm. is like hey I, i'm bored in the internet or something if you get me friends in real life i'll get you friends for your computer program yeah and ultimately, the thing in this in this movie that is haunted 
isn't the internet, really. It's not Link Rabbit, really. It's a hotel room. It's a haunted hotel room movie that does everything in its power to pretend it's actually about the internet and isolation and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Because when when that happened with like, oh, hey, I'll, you get me real friends. I'll get you friends on computer. I was like, oh, okay, that's the setup. The social media platform that they're going to use for like the basically vloggers that were going to show up later. I was like, oh, it's all going to be Link Rabbit, and it's going to be a haunted social media platform. Okay, that's interesting. And then no. It yeah. never shows up again and doesn't matter. I mean, Link Rabbit shows up again, but it's just haunted background elements for the rest of the film. Uh, so, And I'm still very unclear as to the nature of the ghost that makes up the bad guy of this movie. We've got our, our titular, or not titular, he's not the title character, but we've got... Yeah, we have titular dead con. The dead con himself. He's dead, and he committed some crimes. Uh, but But no... <laughs> But what was I meaning to say? Oh, ghost criminal. <laughs> so we have this Larry character who is the guy who invents Link Rabbit, and he's desperate. Like, he's on the phone with some tech guy who's like, nope, we're not going to fund your project. We're way over budget already, and no one wants it. It's a dumb, pointless toy, and the internet is going nowhere. Pack your bags and go home, mister. You failed. I didn't tell you to invest your family savings in this project. That's your fault. So we feel like, okay. Our bad guy potentially wants revenge against a tech company, uh, although the person on the other end of that phone call is never referenced, mentioned, or heard from again, so that's not the case. And then mm -hmm. a ghost pops up in his chat room thing as just you know a, a user named Bobby who's just like, hi, I'm Bobby. Can we be friends? Help me murder people. And then multiple times throughout the movie, we see a photograph of Bobby as a little boy uh, listed in 1984 uh and the photograph is of him at like some festival or something and and it's the exact same age as he is when he shows up as a ghost in the movie but we don't know why is he in the internet how did he die why did he die why is he a ghost now why has he reached out to larry what's larry's relationship with him none of this ma matters after this initial scene they're both just ghosties that is 100 percent my biggest problem with this i was like okay we get like a polaroid that shows bobby uh at the same age that he is when he shows up as like a ghost occasionally in the movie. yes and the back of it says bobby 1984 and then it has the fucking like link rabbit symbol on it and yeah. but the kid already has a rabbit balloon and he's haunting the room and i don't know does that mean bobby did bobby die in the room yeah, the problem is that's the exact amount of setup that the movie is willing to give you. From this point forward, any information that you might think you're going to gleam about these two characters is instead just brief flashes of horror stuff that means nothing. So maybe you'll get yeah. a shot of a room full of like face-down dead bodies that's the same hotel room's closet, but no explanation as to what happened or who killed them or when that happened. So we have nothing. We don't know if... I, I don't know if maybe this Larry guy murdered the Bobby kid by... You know, being like, hey, let's meet later and I'll murder you and make you a ghost in my internet program, which will then become the real internet somehow. Or this hotel room. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> we we don't yeah. know. The I mean, the biggest problem is because you set up this whole thing where like, oh, yeah, uh, Bobby's a weird internet ghost and he wants friends. 
And that's such a big tie into social media of like, yes, it's he wants friends. He wants to have like, uh, like people connected with him. And you go, OK, I understand the connection you're going. For. You're you're trying to have the whole like vloggers, social media, Facebook thing of you're just trying to get friends. And, you know, even if it's people you don't really know, I, I get the theme that they are going for. Yeah, I get what they, what they should have done is what we both we're both getting is this should have been a movie about social isolation in a situation where you've got a million friends. It should have been the South Park Facebook episode. I mean, it just should really have been so much more interesting than just. We set this up to be that, and then it just turned into it's a haunted hotel room. And I'll tell you another thing that reinforces the haunted hotel room. This is the last time until the final shot of the movie, spoiler alert, whatever, this is the last time that uh, we see Bobby as an internet presence. From this, Technically, no. Uh, uh, does he show up on the internet? Uh, oh, wait, does he show up during the scene when he like threatens, what, what's his name, uh, so, Key, uh, David or whatever? There are... Uh, throughout this, and this is one of the actual few little tidbits that I like, every time you see one of the characters vlogging and they have the chat in the background, there is always a message from Bobby in there. Oh, very good. Okay. I wasn't checking that that closely, so you got me there. I watched this one in bed. Um, but yeah, for the most part, though, other than the occasional little messages, we don't really get a scene where one of these kids' computer screen like the haunt the uh, the kid the victims where their screen becomes like black and green CRT monitor and is it gets a hi there would you like to play the closest we really get beyond those messages that show up in the in the YouTube channels uh, is a, a phone call occasionally that doesn't seem to mean much uh, we get these phone calls where <laughs> where a robot voice says please select an activity please select an activity please select an activity until they hang up on it yeah because hey that was. That was the opening screen of the Link Rabbit thing is select an activity. Great. That's and not enough of it, a connection. That's not good enough. Yeah. Especially given that it's coming through on the telephone. You're like, shouldn't that happen on the computer? Like, shouldn't they, I don't know, have that show up on a, okay, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. I don't care. Hey, you know what's worse <laughs> about the police selected activity thing? No one in the movie is ever scared by it. It is never a scary event. They get phone calls. They answer it. It's just some garbled robo voice saying, please select an activity. And they're like, what the fuck is this? Is the hotel broken? What's going on? Click. And they hang up on it. And there's never a point where it circles back around to call someone who's already scared. And they pick it up. And they're like, leave me alone. There's nothing. There's just two times where people get phone calls. And it's just this shit. Yeah. There's, I mean, not only is no one scared by it, no one is willing to play ball with it like no one interacts and is like okay weird voice uh i choose sex and like no one decides to really play with the environment that is presented everyone is just like ah here's a spooky thing no nah, i'm good yeah no that's basically the entire movie is these none of these characters except for dave or you know, some people who work at the hotel acknowledge that there's a haunting going on until they're dead. They just are like, huh? No, no, I'm just in a hotel. I'm a regular person in a regular. Oh, I died. And, and so, nope, nope. so there's, there's just, there's no tension building. And what little tension building there is doesn't derive from the ghost thing. It's just from the con and the parasocial relationship stuff, which would make a great movie all by itself. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it really suffers from the interesting idea bad execution. 
Yeah, well, it's two ideas, and one of them is executed well, and the other one should not have been... This shouldn't have been a horror movie. This should have been Uh, a movie about isolation when you're famous. Yeah. I mean, it would be... It would be interesting to have, like, a horror aspect to that kind of movie, like, if that was the main theme, was the sort of, like, horrible, surrounded but alone thing, and then, like, going kind of murderous within that realm. That would be interesting. That would be something to do. Yeah. But no. No. Instead, it's just, I don't know, ghosts, maybe? But anyway, uh, I mean, we should probably- Yeah, when we- (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say, when we jump to, from the 1984 bit, we get, you know, a bunch of flashes of spooky blood stuff and a, the dude's eyes roll back in his head and whatnot. Yeah. And then we jump to uh, ViewCon. ViewCon, That's yeah. what they called their VidCon. Yeah. And ViewCon is in full swing, and we get our main, for the first bit, character, a.k.a. Ashley, a vlogger who is... Big enough to have not only her own manager following her around, but also a security guard, which will do nothing. Yeah, he's not even, I mean, does he even show up again? He shows up one more time because he'll follow, they're basically going into the convention center and he's like, hey, this and that, whatever, I'm a security guy. He shows up again one more time. Uh, The first time that the room looks like it's been trashed when they get back. Oh, he's okay. like, oh, well, if nothing's stolen, there's not really a lot we can do. And then disappears from the movie. Yeah. And they set him up as like a whole thing, too, because in the intro. Uh, OK, so A.K. Ashley, our our initial lead, uh, is a walk and talk vlogger. That's her deal. Her her reason that she's famous on the Internet is because she vlogs and she's popular among like 14 year old girls. Uh, yeah. We don't really she's like a lifestyle blogger. We don't really see her ever actually contribute anything other than like information about her day. Uh, I know this kind of vlogging exists and is popular. I've never actually personally interacted with like uh I've seen plenty of those. Usually uh it'll be something that they do and then additionally a lot of like personal stuff as well. So it'll be like, "Oh, I'm into like fashion or whatever." And they'll have that and then just a ton of also because I can't fill my channel daily with fashion stuff i'll just tell you about stuff i'm doing right yeah because like i'm familiar with people who have a very strong uh, youtube face presence where you know who they are like they become famous but usually they're producing content as opposed to daily vlog types like i'm familiar with ellis olson uh, ellis uh, contrapoints h bomber guy that kind of thing but they don't tend to do a video every day uh and their videos tend to have a focus uh or a theme or or something. And with her, she's not even doing fashion stuff. She's just like, uh, I'm at the con. Uh, I'm bored. Uh, I'm going to bed. Uh, even the other lead in the movie, uh, I, I, I forget her name, Megan. Megan. And she seems to be a fashion one because she's constantly trying on outfits and asking for votes as to which outfit she should be wearing and so on. Yeah. But Ashley, and I'm that's... just like, she's famous for being famous. I mean... It is one of those things where there are plenty of vlog YouTube personalities that are like, this isn't about, like, a show. It is literally just parasocial relationship, the channel. Yeah, no, I get it. I understand what she is and where she, like, it's just interesting to me that that's the one they chose to focus on. The person who literally has nothing beyond an internet following. Like, there's nothing going on with her. Uh, Her one character trait is that she doesn't even want to be here. She's sick of this. She's tired of being famous. 
and having to hide in her room when she goes to conventions because all she does is not want to talk to people. Well, yeah, this Lord is knows, I get someone it. that is like a supposed to be established as like an old school YouTuber, someone who's been doing this long enough that they're like, okay, I've been around enough that I'm popular enough. I've gone on tour. I've got a book coming out. Like I've got a whole ton of stuff I'm doing. I've been famous enough that I am now burnt out on it. <laughs> I can see that actually. Like, like I imagine if I ran into the angry video game nerd at, at a convention and I was like, <laughs> drink a rolling rock that he'd be like, I fucking hate my life. Yeah. It's one of those things where you're like, Oh, I've been famous for long enough. And for, specific enough things that you're like okay well i guess i guess this is me now hey james say something about buffalo diarrhea <laughs> and he'd be like oh and oh god i'm so i'm so sad i tied my my branding and image to that actually i know that that's a case with him that he's come out and said like i really wish i hadn't put on the dumb shirt and pocket protector and shit because now i can't take them off yeah and that's the sort of thing where I can definitely understand, especially for the sort of parasocial vloggers, is you have to put out content constantly, like probably multiple times a day. You'll be like, all right, I'll put out one actual video and then I have to do a couple Instagram videos and then maybe I'll have like a few Snapchat things for my Snapchat followers, like that level of constantly putting yourself out there. I definitely am like, oh, that would be absolutely exhausting. Oh, yeah. Imagine in a living in a world where we had to produce content like 16 times a month. That would be the worst. How would we even? <laughs> and we have to research for it when we're not doing that. Oh, my God. I would die. I would die and <laughs> will eventually. <laughs> I mean, I know that we're not at the level of fame that this show's about or anything, but it's kind of neat to see all the parasocial relationship stuff from the, the side of a content producer. Yeah. So there and it's interesting. Yeah. I do like that that's the angle they were taking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh now so Ashley doesn't want to do anything but she's got a manager who is uh very direct and very actually a pretty good manager uh except that she is not very uh, sympathetic to the needs of her client. Because Well no, cuz if you're the manager for someone that's like, "Oh, this is a huge internet personality." If they aren't putting out content all the time, you're like, oh, the algorithm's going to forget you. We're going to lose viewers. We're going to not get as much stuff. And so you're like, no, you have to do stuff. You can't be like, I'll take, you know, a week off. No, that's not possible. Yeah, no, I, and I, I get that. I understand why she's so direct and, and dramatic. I'm just surprised that we don't have a subplot in here of her trying to shop around because she's kind of she's got to be aware that her money market is, uh, you know, burning out. Huh. Like, the moment Ashley's just like, can I just go home? I don't even want to wear shoes at this convention. And she's just like, no, shape up and fly right. You'd think instead she'd be like, oh, I'm just going to pick any random other 16-year-old here and be like, hey, I can make you famous real easy. Yeah, except you can't. I know. It's a it's a numbers game thing. So, uh, so yeah, she start, she gets uh, shafted out of a hotel room. That's that's basically the premise of the, of the movie. And wouldn't you know it, this hotel is one of those hotels where they have a room where a murder happened a long time ago, and now no one ever gets to use the room, and it's, uh, but even though it's a really nice room, and there's a whole kerfuffle over whether or not they can put her in that room. Yeah, because, like, they apparently double-booked one of the rooms, 
And so they're like, oh, well, we need our room. We Give us a room. And the manager is just being very pushy and like, I need to talk to your manager. I am the manager. Okay, well, fix this. You need to make everything right by me. And I get that because, hey, you fucking d- double booked a room in a convention where all the rooms are gone. This is your fuck up. Yeah, no, it absolutely is their fuck up. And not only that, but she is legitimately one of the celebrities of the convention. Yeah, and so the manager is just like, oh, look at that. A room just opened up. It's our haunted room, the room that will kill you. Anyway, here you go. Here's some keys. Yeah, and it's amusing to me that they've they've named the room 22, one, uh, 2210A to suggest that it's not even like a real hotel room. I wonder if they had to change the number from like 2211 or something just to help keep it locked forever. But there are, there are several other people in the hotel. The manager's just a weird asshole about the whole thing. We aren't sure whether he knows about the haunting or not. And Lord knows we're not really going to revisit it with him. I mean, we're going to see him again, but not for that. But there are other yeah. employees in the hotel who were like, oh, that's the haunted room. And it's weird because, like, the main person who sort of knows that the room is haunted and had an experience with it is uh what's his name it's warren is someone that works there he worked there in 1984 Mm -hmm. and so he's like yeah i know this room is haunted i saw some shit in that room and like i moved up from being from 1984 to 2020 i have moved from being someone who cleans rooms to someone who checks guests in so i guess good for me yeah yeah uh I'm still very curious. We get a scene of him in the 80s dancing around and like getting ready to invest when suddenly he sees a room full of dead bodies lying face down in the walk in. Uh, And yeah, and I keep wondering to myself, did he actually see that or was that a haunty ghosty experience? I mean, my assumption is that he because we see him see Bobby, the Mm -hmm. ghost, run into the room and then he sees all the dead bodies. And my assumption is those were the, you know, the kids that larry originally like killed to give bobby playmates and probably actually there oh is that what you although is is that your interpretation was never there okay that's your interpretation of of what happened is that bobby convinced larry to kill a bunch of kids yeah okay because we also see once i mean fucking spoilers for later whatever who gives a shit uh aka ashley ends up pretty much being possessed and trying to get children to go up to her room with her. And it's all very much like, oh, you're trying to get playmates for Bobby is sort of what he wants is other children to play with, which is a theme that we get with some of the flashbacks to 84 Mm -hmm. with like the kids lying down. And then some of the stuff with Ashley once she's possessed, but then the murders are all like, 20 something vloggers <laughs> yeah yeah the murders are all just people who happen to be in the hotel room and the adjacent hotel room because they have one of those connecting doors uh and- yeah you'd think if bobby was after playmates he wouldn't be like oh i want this douchebag covered in axe body spray as a playmate yeah i mean I- i'm guessing the basic idea is that he's recruiting a 20 something zombie army to bring him dead children or alive children uh, I mean, ultimately, as far as I can tell, we see a shot of bodies in the 80s. And so there's probably like four kids that should be dead and hanging out with Bobby on the Internet. That's never meant that you never see them as anything other than do- dead bodies once. Yep. So there's there's a bunch of missing information here. Yep. 
Pretty much. Uh, and ultimately, at this point in the movie, it largely just becomes spooky hotel stuff for a long time. Doors open and close, lights go on and off. Uh, you you get a lot of shots where the, uh, the, the character at the moment doesn't see a floating rabbit balloon behind them or a, a little kid standing in silhouette somewhere. Oh, I was going to mention, I just remembered, the reason I brought up Warren and everything. Uh, so he was there in 84, so it makes sense that he is scared of the room. Yeah. There is a, basically, a clerk that goes up with them to take them to the room. Mm-hmm who is absolutely terrified, but he's younger, so you're like, okay, well, he must have heard the legend, but for some reason, the manager just doesn't give a shit or believe it. He's like, ah, that's just a ghost story, but the clerk is like, I literally will not step foot in this room. I think the manager both knows and believes it, and I have to think that because the room was closed and empty. If the manager was was so... If the manager was so dedicated to this is a bullshit ghost story and it's fucked up and whatever, he would have just fired this ward guy and opened the room back up 20 years ago. Well, I mean, at least there's the, oh, this was a room where a bunch of child murders happened. Maybe don't let people stay there. The room's like, been closed if you for, don't believe in a ghost. The room's been closed for more than 35 years. <laughs> I mean, if you think about the numbers, the room's been closed for more than 35 years, which means that, that among other things, Warren has been working at the hotel for more than 35 years. Uh, and this new manager, there's no way he's been working there the whole time. There's probably a whole string of managers who have come and gone, and they're like, well, that's a murder room. We just keep it closed, I guess. They have to want to do something with it, convert it to storage, do or, or board it over if they're gonna if they're going to do the whole like respectful of a murder room thing. But just keeping it closed and then finally opening it up just because one lady was annoying is, uh, he knows. He's got to know. <laughs> so are you saying that he was like, ah, I will send this lady to her death because her manager was annoying. Exactly. That's exactly what's happening. He's so he's so eager to get this this uh, this uh, very assertive manager out of his face that he condemns her her charge to haunted doom. <laughs> and I mean, he backs it up later in the film because there's a point where Warren is talking to uh, Ashley on the phone. Like she's called to the front desk and is asking questions about what's going on. It's not Ashley. It's uh, it's Dave, another character we haven't even met yet, is talking to Warren on the phone about what happened in the room in the past. And the manager lurks up behind Warren and is like, Warren, no personal phone calls. We've spoken about this. And you know. He- yeah, but he's also like, no one believes your ghost stories anyway. Yeah, but except that he he wants, if he's so worried about it, then all, all Warren has to do is be like, I'm talking to a guest in one of the rooms, sir. It would be very weird for you to make me hang up on them. Ah. Uh, so he's, it's a cover up. I am absolutely certain that this Stanley guy, who's the manager of the hotel knows and doesn't care. It, See, just let me have it. Cause it makes I the movie slightly like... more interesting. <laughs> See, but the, I'm gonna, I got problems with it though, because you would think that even if he was like, ah, uh, I, I'm, you know, I know about this. And for some reason I'm okay with people dying. That makes zero sense. Cause you're like. Okay, but he has to run a hotel, and if, you know, several incredibly famous celebrities and some children go missing in your hotel, maybe that's not a good look for you. Here's what, here's my, I'm going to float, and it would solve a lot of this movement's problems. Stanley, the manager of the hotel, is one of those four dead kids. <laughs> now he's the haunted hotel it manager. nothing. <laughs> 
this that solves about as much as people being like, "Oh, the Rugrats are all dead." I no, it doesn't necessarily do that. That's that's a lot worse. Any theory about a show that's just like everybody's dead or or uh, this is all the dream of someone who's about to die is absolute bullshit and can just be safely discarded. Yeah, God, that's the worst. Yeah, okay, that's just anyway. that's just trash. But I mean, Maybe... I'm, all I'm saying is 35 years is a long fucking time to, su- or more than, it's like 38 years, is a long fucking time to finally go, okay, fine, I guess you can have that room that we've never opened in nearly 40 years. Well, I mean, when they get to the room, it's it's nice that we have uh, our other main character in the room adjoining it, because you can see that the haunted room has not been touched since 1984. All of the furniture, the carpet, like the bedding, everything is from like the 1984 hotel room. And when you go next door, it's got like, oh, this suite has instead of like goofy multi-patterned carpeting, it's just sort of a dark carpet. It's got like modern art on the walls. Everything's got that very sleek modern look like this has definitely been remodeled. Yeah. And so you could say the reason they don't do that other room is because it has not been remodeled because whenever they did that, they were like, oh, that's just the room we don't rent out. Who gives a shit? And so then that perpetuates the we don't rent out that room. You know, honestly, I think you're probably right that that's an unusual moment when they open up the hotel room and it's just the exact same appointment as the other half of the same hotel room. Uh, But on the other hand, my guess is that's because it was expensive to to rework that old hotel room to look like a different hotel room than the other one. And they actually didn't, uh, did some stuff. They, they, they do have Ashley wandering around in the room and saying, oh, this is totally retro. The bed's all old. Wow. Oh, I know. That's what I'm saying is they have the eighties bedroom there. And then right next to it, the modern two thousands bedroom. And you're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Um, so also I do appreciate that when they walk, uh, Kara and Ashley up to their the suite uh, where Kara's hoping to just crash in the suite. Oh, no, she's got her own hotel room, but she doesn't want to. Excuse me. I'm, I'm forgetting this because it's been a few days. But they, they realize right away that that fellow YouTube vlog person, uh, Ashley, or not Ashley, uh, whatever, Megan. Megan. Megan is in the next room, and they have like this sort of perfunctory business associate conversation. I appreciated that quite a bit. Yeah, they're just like, oh, hello. Yes, I am in the next room. Are you going to panel at 11? Oh, well, there is a, possibly a brand meeting that will be happening this evening. I hope I will see you there. Yeah, exactly. They have the, the they strike the exact right tone of these people aren't friends, but they are business associates at roughly the same level in an industry that you have to do yourself, and they are aware of each other. They, they're friends to the degree that I would assume that like H-Bomber guy and Jenny Nicholson are friends. I mean, there is, especially among these types of vloggers, there's also a lot of crossover content when you're like, I'm doing the, like, no-look makeup challenge, and to help me today, I've got from their channel, whoever, and so... That's the kind of thing where you're like, I even if I don't really know you and am friends with you, I have to pretend to be friendly just in case I need to use you for my channel. <laughs> I know that experience very, very well because I meet a lot of podcasters and that's how they all act towards me. A way too friendly guy. <laughs> 
Yes, that's it. Yeah. Everyone's just trying to get up on our system mastery dick. No, no, no. I'm saying it's the opposite. That I'm always like, hey, I know you. I, I've heard your show. We are similar. We are like contemporaries. And they're like, uh, I, I'm gonna, no, I'm gonna go away from you. Perhaps you would like to engage with us. Perhaps be on each other's shows. Yeah. Okay. I gotta. Ooh, look at the time. Yeah. If there's ever a thing that makes me grumpy, it's how hard it is for for you and I to get like peer guests like other people who have shows in our range because no one wants to read a fucking book from the 80s about playing as ghosts no one no one wants to it's true and if, that's very true and if they do they haven't got the stones to go on the air and trash it for an hour because they're worried they might lose a connection or something we're the only people who are willing to do that bullshit that's right we're the cool badasses of the industry <laughs> Give me it. Let me have it. It's tr- it's something we can cling to. Ugh. It's the reason why we never get like the Tales from the Magic Tavern people to say hello. <laughs> That's it. That's, That's it. the reason. It's not because they're orders of magnitude bigger than us or anything. Uh, all right. So we've met Ashley. Ashley gets into the haunted room and we know her deal is a burned out celebrity and she just wants to quit. Like doesn't even want to be here and is like yeah after this convention i'm just gonna take a break megan we meet is her whole thing is she's got a man on the side who is also a youtuber and she's got a boyfriend that she is with that is also a youtuber and i also loved this because this is the type of like you know Five months from now, if this hadn't happened, this would be a big, like, Twitter, YouTube scandal. Oh, yeah. We see a scandal in progress here. Uh, she has has her, her boyfriend, who is another uh, vlogger guy, but he's easily the worst one in the movie. He's he's a generic douchebag, uh, bro-y kind of vlogger, which I know they also exist, so it doesn't surprise me at all. But he ostensibly is out of town and not at this convention. So she's seeing her, her side piece, a video game vlogger. Yeah. So uh, Dave, the person that she's hooking up with right now, and that she apparently has hooked up with before, mm-hmm. because we start, like, their relationship is already ongoing. Yeah. And he's the video game YouTuber, she's like a fashion YouTuber, and the boyfriend feels like he's probably one of those, like, dude perfect, or, like, we've got a thing we're gonna drop from a giant height and see if it smashes a basketball. You know, one of those ki- types of shows. I kind of pictured the kind of show where it's a rich guy who messes with, like, basically an internet Bam Margera. It- well, he mentions that at, like, b- before he dies later on, he's like, come on, Megan, this isn't prank versus prank. So I'm like, okay, maybe he's not the prank guy, but he knows them. He's the type of person that would be, like, on that. But there is definitely a douchebags that do stuff. No, I get and it. And are like, ha that was great. Yeah, the connection I was pulling. Yeah, he might be the kind of person. Uh, here's Actually, I think I figured out the exact kind of person he is and why it would ratchet up the tension in the scenes that he appears in. Is that I guarantee you, now that I think about it, he's the kind of YouTuber who does those man-on-the-street interviews where he tries to get, like, minorities mad at him and then just yells it's a social experiment while he's running away. You know that uh, you know that type, right? The one who's like, "Hey, bro, hey, hey, I gotta throw an egg at you." It was just a social experiment. I, because I, he's the exact right grade of douchebag. 
Well, yes, and we also learned that he is uh, normally lives in Florida, so you also get that wonderful little tidbit. Yeah, no, now that I've thought about it, that's 100% what he is. Uh, oh my god, he has the worst lines, that fucking boyfriend. Yeah, he's the worst, but he doesn't show up for a while. Yeah, and he dies quickly, so it's good, it's fine. Um, yeah. But you know, the problem is, who does show up for a while? At this point, the movie's just boring. It's just a bunch of uh, vaguely similar 20-something YouTubers running into each other in hallways, and a lot of long, slow shots of uh, the same four kids running around the hall, knocking on all the doors. Yeah. Now we get uh, a little bit of drama with uh, Megan and Dave because, like, Megan apparently is like, I shouldn't even know who you are. So if we see each other on the floor, we don't know each other. Like, essentially being very, like, oh, we need to keep everything hush hush, but to the point where it's like, I need to deny that you even exist. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, kind of sad for Dave. Well, yeah, he's not being he's not being treated especially nicely, and I kind of get it, because she's also unwilling to break up with her real boyfriend. Like, she keeps saying she will, but it's obvious that she's not actually going to. Uh, oh, yeah, this is, you can tell this is only going to end when that relationship gets revealed and it's a scandal, and then she has to do a uh, crying face vlog about it. Or if they all get killed by a ghost. I mean, yes. Yeah, so... So one of those two things is definitely going to happen by the end of this movie. But yeah, he, he's obviously grumpy about it. And then we introduce how this Dave character, who otherwise would have been an ideally very nice and good character, whose only flaw was believing that a woman was going to break up with her boyfriend, uh, reveals his dark side. He wants to film the two of them having sex. And when she politely says no, he does it anyway. Yeah, it's a problem because... Before this, we're supposed to sympathize with him on the whole, like, oh, you know, he's being, you know, basically used by Megan. It sucks that he, like, she lied about breaking up with the boyfriend and everything. Mm -hmm. And after it, we're supposed to be like, oh, he's the big hero. He's trying to save Megan from the ghost. But, but there's this point where he, <laughs> you know, films having sex with her against her consent explicitly. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, you ruined it, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not rooting for you. Yeah, and the fact that the movie continually presents him as, you know, concerned about her and trying to save her life and everything. I mean, ultimately, the movie culminates in an absolute idiot plot moment. It, it really, I mean, I, I don't really care about following yes. the story in this. But in order to convince her that she needs to leave the haunted hotel room, he has to show her evidence that there's a ghost because it turns out that when he films the two of them having sex, he catches the little ghost kid who watches them for a while and then runs under the bed. And so, which at that point I was like, wait a minute. I thought you were a haunted hotel room singular. Now you're able to haunt two hotel rooms. What's going on here? Well, it's the same hotel room. It's one of those suites with a door connecting the two rooms. But, well, but apparently, I mean, apparently, as long as that it's door's the hotel kept, rooms that have that that door in between. So it's two different hotel rooms, but they have that adjoining door. I'm just saying that they don't make anymore. No, I know you don't really see those hotel rooms anymore. But this room, this room has that, and I think he might have just enough power to get over through that door, but maybe not through a hotel room wall. But it, it, you know, the upshot of all this is that he has to show uh, Megan the footage that he illicitly filmed with the two of them having sex. And here's the problem: he doesn't keep saying. 
He doesn't just say, hey, let me fast forward to the part where there's a ghost kid who's watching us and then disappears under the bed and then show you a picture of the same kid in 1984. Instead, he's like, here, watch this video I took of us having sex against your will. You need to watch just keep it. Watching just it. keep watching it. And she's like, I don't want to keep watching it. How dare you do this? This is fucked up. You're, you're, get the fuck out of here. And instead of being like, no, you don't understand. There's a ghost in the video. He just keeps saying, no, you have to watch it. You have to watch the whole thing. I won't leave till you watch the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even if you were like, yo, I don't think this person is going to believe me if I say there is a ghost. You could be like, hey, uh, last night some little fucking kid came into this room from the other hotel room. It's not safe in here. We should definitely leave hotel rooms. I mean, at that point. At least that would be fine. At least that point. At, at that point, she'd be like, wait. A little kid came in and watched this fuck and then ran into the bed and you saw it? Why didn't you stop or say anything? Uh, so so he's, you know, I get it. But what he all he should have done is just have the video at the part where there's the fucking ghost kid and then be like, hey, before I show you this picture, I need to let you know I illicitly filmed us having sex. And yeah, I'm, I'm the worst and you can break up with me. And I'm, I, 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 I fully acknowledge that. But here, look at this picture. There's a ghost kid. There's definitely a ghost kid. Intrigued now? Let me press play and you will see the ghost kid run under a bed. <laughs> instead of watch several minutes of us having uninspired sex and then a ghost kid might show up you might see a ghost kid like you would think that he would just cue up the ghost kid here, as a picture i mean granted to be fair to the film he tries that after she does the whole like i don't believe you i don't want to watch a video of us having sex you're you're fucking dumped get the fuck out of here uh, he's like hang on okay fine i'll fast forward to the and when he tries to fast forward to it his phone breaks yeah, like literally the, the screen breaks. Yes, the phone has the ability to crack or the ghost has the ability to crack the glass on the phone. Now, this, this happens in full view of both of them where he's like, here, let me show you the picture of the ghost kid holds up his phone, starts scrolling through it and it shatters in front of her. And her response is still like, uh, yeah, I'm still just mad about the sex thing. You need to leave. And he's like, yeah, I know you're mad about the sex thing. We should both leave. Why don't we just both leave the room? And. The problem is he's still trying to do this protective thing. And, and all he used to say is like, fine, you leave and I'll stay in the room because the room is haunted. Ah. This isn't about me wanting you to come with me. It's about me wanting you out of this room. And like the culmination of that is he's like, no, fuck you. I'm not leaving. And she's like, fine, I'm going to bed. Fuck you. Do whatever you want. And he like barricades the door between the two rooms. And he's like, I'll protect you. And then falls asleep. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, if there's a point where the boyfriend you had ends up being that vocally fucked up over things and then starts, like, moving furniture to barricade a door, I'd be like, you know what? I'm calling security, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, like, get you kicked out, and then probably I would change rooms because I'd be like, I don't want you to even know where I'm staying. I mean, here's the thing. I, I, I kind of get why she doesn't do that, and I think it, it's actually a fairly smart part on the movie that she doesn't. If she goes, if she escalates to kicking him out of the room, he blows the scandal. Well, yeah, because then it's, oh, she had to kick Dave, the gamer, out of her room. Mm-hmm. And then Dave's going to respond with, oh, yes, and uh, I was in a relationship with her for several years. Yeah. And just blow up her spot and... Granted, it's just going to be mutually assured self-destruction, but she can put that off for a while by just letting him sleep in a chair, even if it's only for a day. Uh, so. Now, uh, that happens much later in the film. Most of the beginning of the film uh, is following Ashley as she just sort of plods around trying to fake being excited about being there. Mm -hmm. 
as we mentioned, when she goes down to the convention floor and comes back, her room is trashed and they're like, oh, someone broke in here. And, you know, she gets a bunch of goofy spookums that happen. She's like, oh, the lights keep turning off or there's a big whump sound against the wall, which I also wanted to pay off in some way. I wanted the whump because it happens and both Megan and Ashley can hear it from either side. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, one of the walls in here. I was hoping at some point it would be like, oh, yeah, like either fucking the guy in 1984 slammed like a kid's head into a wall to kill him mm -hmm. and like that's the wump sound you're hearing or they get thrown into the wall at some point but no no it's the just, sound never gets paid off well it's just spooky ghost shit it's just uh whenever your movie features some kind of ghost that's just free reign to shake shake doorknobs make wump sounds close windows rapidly shut doors it doesn't matter if that shit makes sense for that ghost. And in this case, it absolutely does not. This is an internet ghost. But for some reason, he also has all kinds of other powers that we just don't know why. Well, the the thing is, I wouldn't care if it was like, oh, he made a loud, loud thump noise once. He makes the same thump no multiple times at multiple scenes throughout the movie. And I'm like, you can't have that be a central thing the ghost does for no reason. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, no, nothing this this internet kid ghost does really pays off in any way. Uh, mostly he's just doing haunty times, and you're just like, why? Why is he doing that? Like, I get I, I know every ghost movie has this stuff, and it's nothing's cheaper than film than someone pulling a rope to close the door from off screen. Mm, there mm, is, however, mm. one very cool shot in this movie that I wanted to draw attention to. Uh, when... Ashley gets possessed in her room just by being left alone in there for too long with the haunty ghost. Uh, she trashes the room herself, and her manager goes up there and finds the trashed room, uh, gets all grumpy about it, starts looking around for her, her uh, for, for Ashley, and also calls up housekeeping. And a housekeeping lady comes up to clean the room, and the room is very trash. There's shit everywhere. The everything's broken on the bed. There's crap drawn in lipstick on the uh, on the mirror, including the Task Rabbit logo, of course. Uh, there, Obviously, there is a shot where. The house cleaning lady grabs a blanket off the bed and flings it onto her cart, but it never makes it to the cart because it lands on an invisible ghost boy. Yeah, that was one of the very cool shots in this because they didn't do anything where it was like, and now violin sting. You were just like, oh, no, she's just very methodically like, all right, and take the uh, pillowcases off and throw them over here. Take the sheets off, throw them over there. And then she throws a sheet and it just lands on like bobby basically yeah it's just but we don't see it to start with yeah and you don't see him standing there you just see the the shape of a person underneath where the blanket lands and it's a very well done shot and what makes it especially well done is that it doesn't immediately lead into a violin sting or him suddenly going thump 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 and running after her it just cuts and she's fine she's yeah. just she cl finishes cleaning the room and leaves and I would say the other really good shot that I really liked in this was when Warren finally is like, oh, no, uh, I'm so filled with guilt that someone's in ghost room and goes to check on it and, you know, basically has his the shining moment of trying to come in there as an old black guy and then dying. Mm -hmm. uh, he's looking around for Ashley, trying to find her and then looks under the bed and there she is dead and he finds her because he hears the phone ringing and you see the phone like shoved into her throat and the ringing lights up the screen and it's like 
pressed up against her neck so you can see through the skin. And I was like, that's a really neat image. It was a cool shot, although I'll be honest, it flashed by in a hurry and I was watching it in bed. I thought it was at the uh, manager. I thought it was the dead manager. And then the thing that grabs him from behind was Ashley. Yeah, no, he uh, looks down underneath the bed and Ashley has just throat phone yeah no and it's it is a neat image uh, no i get it I, I i i totally love the throat phone image i just thought the person with throat phone was a different person <laughs> i thought that because she had gone up to the room she got killed and it was ashley killing her uh because ultimately i mean ashley gets like the last kill in this movie too she gets turned turned or whatever sorry about the jumping around i don't fucking care she gets turned yeah uh, so, you know, Ashley gets turned by the ghost and stops showing up to her events and doesn't wear shoes. And we do get a cool shot of her walking all haunted and makeupless and, and ghosty and barefoot around the hotel. And the, uh, the outgrowth of what that happens when a celebrity does that, which is a bunch of people going, oh my God, shoes are out. Look what Ashley's doing. I want to walk around barefoot. Oh yeah. I was like, that's great. You have some celebrity show up and is like, Oh, I'm very clearly possessed, but I'm walking around sort of disheveled and without shoes. And they were like, well, I guess that's the new thing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, granted, that's kind of a simple joke to do, but I, I thought it was a pretty good idea. Yeah, no, the the ideas in this, again, pretty decent, if execution lacking. Yeah. So, uh, the the I mean, ultimately, with the, with the whole uh, Megan situation, her actual boyfriend shows up and so she has to tell uh her new boy her video game boyfriend hey don't come over stay away from my house like uh he's here so and he's mad because he's like oh we weren't going to see each other for another five months after this uh is isn't there any aren't you going to break up with this guy and she's just like no leave me alone and that's at that point we get one of those we she has a friend character in the movie who has a, a do-nothing role who's super minor uh named kaylee uh, and, and Kaylee's job in the movie is at this one point to be like, put down your phone and come dance with me. Put, come on. You are addicted to phone. Come and dance the night. And I'm like, yeah, she's addicted to her telephone. She's a VTube celebrity. Leave her the fuck alone. Like that's, that's her job and what she needs to do. I don't know what you do because <laughs> we never see you vlogging or doing anything, but sure. Whatever. Yeah. So... <laughs> But but it's just a moment to get her away from her phone. Although ultimately they could have done the same. They did the other thing to get her away from her phone too, which is that the only person messaging her anyway is uh, what's his name, Dave, David. I want to say Dave, Dave, D who's just like, hey, please talk to me. It's not about the boyfriend thing. It's about a ghost. Please talk to me. Please talk to me. And she just blocks him. Yeah, so she's like, oh, you kept calling me, so I blocked your number because I didn't want you know my boyfriend to see it. Yeah. Meanwhile, by the way, the boyfriend for some reason uh, was supposed to go to the party, but instead took a four hour long shower and got strangled by a balloon. Yeah. Which, you know, okay, sure. I mean, I guess it, it, it gets us having to out of having to do the actual confrontation between these two boyfriend rivals scene. We just never do that. And it's fine. Yeah, the movie it's like, instead of, instead of drama, we'll just have you very clearly be a douchebag on camera for a bit and then murdered by a balloon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's just wandering around the apartment, uh, declaring his abs like on fleek or whatever. Uh, he hears a ghost noise while he's in the shower, and his response is just like, "Oh, that must be that must be Megan." Hey, Megan, my I got I missed a spot on my peener. That's <laughs> like, oh my, oh my god, dude! I'm like 25 years older than you, and I know that joke is lame. <laughs> uh, yeah, the 
but it's, you know, he had to do it because he was also vlogging in the shower. And so when he hears that, he's got to be like, this is for the, uh, the all the watchers. Hey, <laughs> my penis. Blah. Yeah. And then uh, basically he hears spooky noises, goes to look, and a balloon strangles him with the string. Yep. I just, God, I don't, I don't understand. Did, is the, is the rabbit balloon that Bobby had in the picture? Part of he it. has a rabbit balloon in, in the Polaroid. Like, does, is that, like, does he have it because of Link Rabbit? Or is that just a coincidence? Or is, like, what the fuck, movie? Yeah, so the, the, the initial UI of Link Rabbit, it only has, like, the logo. The logo is basically a modified Bluetooth logo. Uh, but there's also this whole rabbit thing that gets locked into it because, of course, it's called Link Rabbit. And because the old photo of Bobby has a rabbit balloon and the rabbit balloon shows up throughout the course of the movie. And when the movie's over, we get a like denouement final scare scene where another girl shows up into the haunted hotel room uh, who's also like a YouTube celebrity or at least a fan of them. And then. Oh, yeah. The problem with I have with that is. Like, the manager personally shows her to the room and is like, here you go. And she's like, oh, this is the room that Ashley was staying in. I'm like, is this the same con? Yeah. Did you? No, it's the same con. Are... She says out loud. Manager, you are a dumb motherfucker. Yeah, no. She says out loud, because uh, she is also a vlogger, because she opens up a vlog at the end and is like, hey, everybody, last day of ViewCon. I'm so excited to meet all of you. So she managed to get there for just the last day. She's got the same hotel room. Yeah. How did that happen? Ugh. Like, everybody in that hotel room is dead. Like, it's just a bunch of dead people in there. How did the manager go up there, establish that everybody is dead, clean the room, and give a new person the hotel room in the sort in the span of the same convention? Except we also know that the ghost can apparently disappear people because throughout the movie, various people will die in that room. Mm -hmm. And then someone else will go in that room and there is no bodies in that room. Yeah, but even... Even if we set aside that uh, the ghost can disappear bodies, we still ha would have to contend with the idea that A.K. Ashley was supposed to be there for the con, and then on the last day of the con, the manager somehow gleaned that she ha just isn't there, even though she ostensibly is always in her hotel room, and he just gives her room to someone else. Oh, yeah, because she's dead. She didn't check out. Yeah, so as far as he knows, she should probably just camped in her hotel room. Uh but whatever. I we... mean, at least that at that part of it at least goes into your theory that he's in on it. Yeah. Because he'd be like, oh, well, obviously she's dead. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what I was trying to get to with the, with the Daniel Mon scene is that the computer fires up in the back while the girl is looking at her phone. And it's got Link Rabbit 2.0 on the screen now where it looks like, I don't know, like 1990s Apple now. And it's got a color rabbit on it. The pink rabbit like the balloon. Yeah. So I get which is the kind of thing I was assuming that they would do throughout the movie instead of just the very end. Yeah, and I don't understand what it's supposed to imply anyway. So they killed a bunch of vloggers and I guess maybe one or two of them must have known how to code in 90s Apple so that it looks like a 90s Apple program now. How did it get to 2.0? Who did that? Did it kill a computer it's programmer? <laughs> now, the more people that Bobby kills, the uh better his computer skills get. So as long as he just keeps murdering people, eventually he's going to be like, ooh, I've got a slick web 2.0 website. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it, it doesn't make any fucking none of this makes I guess it's supposed to just be creepy, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. I, I would say the creepiest actual thing in this movie beyond that one shot of, of the uh, phone throat and ghost blanket uh, is there's a collection of the same four kids 
who are obsessed with the fact that there are YouTube celebrities staying at this hotel. And so they run up and down the hallways of the hotel, knocking on all the doors. Mm -hmm. And it's done in a way where it constantly startles all of the actual YouTube celebrities who are clearly used to that kind of shit happening and hate it. And it, it, it increases the sense of kind of isolation and desperation that these people live under. And I found that to be the creepiest, especially because of the way they film it. And because it's a threat. Yeah. Every time these kids knock on the door, it might be the door of the haunted ghost. Oh. So it's it's kind of interesting. That's the one thing that I found kind of neat. There you go. You know what? Yeah? What up? I'm going to go ahead. <clears throat> I'm going to say we're basically done. We've spoken like, enough. Every, everyone dies. They all... No, not everyone really lives. Sure, sure. <laughs> uh, basically, we... <sighs> Megan gets pulled out of her hotel room by uh, an invisible ghost into Ashley's hotel room. Uh, Dave goes in there to find her, ends up checking a closet where he can hear her yelling and screaming for help. Uh, But when he gets in there, she's crying blood from her eyes, and all she says is, behind you. And when she turns around and looks behind her, there's Ashley with her head at a natural tilt. And behind her, what is probably Larry? Uh, It's just a guy in silhouette with glowing blue eyes. I have to assume it's Larry. And then I have to assume. Yeah, yes. and then Ashley just jumps him, and that's the uh, the end of the uh, the scary part. Before we go to the denouement, so there you go. Yeah, everyone's dead. Uh, everyone died. So let's go ahead and do our bests and worsts in the movie. Let's uh, let's see, Jeff. What was your favorite thing in the movie? Well, first of all, I want to throw a little shout out to a character we barely mentioned the the random clerk who was afraid of the hotel room. He did a lot of really good physical comedy where he would like refuse to go into the room and kept trying to talk people into not staying there. And I appreciated that. Like he kept every time they call, there's a broken light bulb in here. They'd hear a knock on the door and then just an arm would come in with a light bulb and then just vanish. And they'd be like, no, you have to come in and fix it. He'd be like, no, it's better. I don't <laughs> No, You've, you've got this. Yeah. I, I thought that was a great character uh, and I appreciated him. But really the thing I, I, I liked about this movie that I'm going to call out as my favorite is the very real sense of parasocial isolation that the main characters seem to be operating on. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah. So uh, that part is done well and I appreciated how well it was done. Uh, and I didn't much care for the ghost thing that, that was not as scary as the isolation. Well, yeah, I mean, there are bits, especially on the con floor where like just other YouTubers will, be like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm doing a giveaway. Come over to my booth and like jumping into other people's vlogs to do that. And you can tell that they don't like they're not actually friends. They're just doing this for the camera. And then when Ashley gets possessed, like none of her fans care. Like they're just like, oh, I'm just here for a picture with you. And none of them are like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Even when she's, like, kidnapping, trying to just take the random children by the hand and walk them back up to her hotel room, everyone's like, hi, Ashley, what are you doing? Yay! So, so yeah, the, the parasocial relationship stuff in this movie is very solid, and I appreciated it a good deal. What was your favorite good. thing? Uh, I mean, if I want to just go with one scene, it would probably be the, I would say the throat phone. Throat phone is the a good one scene. thing. To notice about that as well, just to throw that out there, the wallpaper uh, that is on the floor, uh, the 22nd floor when you go up there, that we see when Warren goes to check on her is not only his shining moment because he's, you know, an older black gentleman that's about to get killed for trying to help, but also the wallpaper has the pattern of the Shining's carpet just in a different color. 
Ah, okay. So we have a uh, a little Kubrick nod from a movie that absolutely shouldn't have done that. Yeah, they're like, okay. eh, we also have Haunted Hotel. And you're like, please don't. Yeah, a- after a while of watching bad movies, you start to realize how many people try for that when they know they shouldn't. Usually it's by referencing Casablanca, uh, but, but here we see it with that instead. Yep, so there you go. Okay, uh, good. Well, What I, was I- your least favorite thing? Uh, I mean, I, I think just my least favorite thing is going to be the disconnect between how the horror elements of the movie have no connection at all to the murders that they're committing and the people they are murdering. Uh, and but it it feels like the people who made the movie thought it did thought very they're like oh. this is very clever. The old internet is murdering the new internet, and I'm like it doesn't it doesn't add up that way. I don't I don't understand what you were trying to say here. It just kind of sucks. Huh? So I'm going to say the uh, the villain motivation, I think, is what that really boils down to. Okay. Uh, what about you? I'm, I mean, okay. along the same thing, my favorite or least favorite thing in here is that nothing pays off. We don't yeah. get information about anything. If we got even a little bit, if it was like, oh, we find out what Bobby's deal is, like what that kid was, who he was, why he's haunting here. Great. Even if they were like, we completely dropped the ball on the whole internet thing, at least you'd get some information about, like, motivation of the ghost. Or if they had paid off, like, any of the sounds or any of the internet stuff. If any one thing had paid off, that would have been great. But the fact that none of it does, ooh, that pisses me off. Yeah, yeah. It really is lacking a couple of elements in the opening intro that would help explain like the relationship between Bobby and Larry is very important. Like Mike, the best guess I can put together is that Bobby died in that hotel room, like before Larry stayed in that hotel room. And that's why he's haunting Larry's internet machine. I guess but it would have had to be the same year because we have a photo of Bobby in that same year. I- and it's also like, it's very clear. They want to establish he's haunting the internet. Cause he's like, it's so boring in here. I want friends in here. And you're like, you're this very much reads like I'm in the internet and I need you to get me internet friends. Yeah. At that point, the best I can figure is that Bobby died in the room. That's on the other side of the inter uh, the adjacent door. Like while they were both staying at the hotel, like, like Bobby's creepy parents murdered him and his spirit immediately went into the nearest available internet. I don't know, uh, but you're right. It doesn't, there's no payoff to all, there's a million setups in this movie, and then all of the kills have nothing to do with them. Yeah. Like, we don't, fucking, there's a kill from the balloon, and it's like, okay, well, why is the balloon murdering people? What is happening right now? Is the now? balloon Bobby? Does Bobby have power over that balloon? What are we doing? What's going on? I don't know. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, Let's go ahead and rate the movie. We are going to each give it a rating from zero to five, which will give it a rating out of ten. Jeff, uh, I'm going to give this a two. I'm deciding if I should give it a half or not on that as well. Like the the problem is there are several things about this movie I like, but they are not in service of this movie being a good story. True. So I'm I'm thinking that even though there are positive elements to the film, they don't do enough to make the film good. So I'm going to give it a two, and that it would have been a one or a point five if not for the fact that there are things in the movie that are good anyway. So it's a two for me. Yeah. And you? Uh, I had the same reaction where I was like, I don't, I want to give it a two and I don't know if I'm going to give it the two and a half. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I'll go with the two just because it 
the end of the movie, I could not stop thinking about this movie because I was like, but why? What the f- Why? Why did any of this happen? What is- Why this movie? Like, it just made me so angry. And, uh... I think I'm going to go with a two just because, God, I wanted anything out of this. Yeah, basically, so. the, the thing you want from a ghost movie is for a neat wrap-up at the end. Even if a bunch of characters die, you want to know why. It's a puzzle. Basically, a ghost movie is just a, a detective movie backwards. Yeah, you're like, oh, someone died, and now they're doing things. The whole point of this is, all right, what is the ghost's motivation? Why were they killed? Why are they killing? Like, that's really a lot of the heart of a haunting movie is figuring out the why. Yeah, yeah. So the the fact that this movie doesn't do that really hurts it. And I think twos are pretty much the way to go. Yep. So a four out of ten for Dead Con. Decent idea. Definitely fumbles on execution. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want more horror stuff, of course, if you go over to SystemMasteryPodcast.com all month long, every day I'm doing more horror reviews every single day of the month. You can check that out there. And if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash system mastery. We've got content all over the place. It's just fallen out of our pockets and you can support us at any level will help. And at the $5 level, you get all of our bonus content, mm-hmm. including the TV mastery that we are about to record, where we have watched an episode of Smallville that we are going to talk about, where we will find out some of Lex Luthor's deep, dark history. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, because while I watched this movie two days ago, I watched that episode three days ago. I barely nice. remember that Lex was in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll be fine. Uh... All right, so thank you so much for joining us. We will, of course, be back with one more Horrortoberfest for the month in two weeks. And until then, you have a spooky one.